You're wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, we're back after a week <laughs> off. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was a good break. It was it was needed, you know, recharge emotionally, yeah, mentally. I, it, yes. I sometimes I'm like, I have too much Shelby in my life. I need to <laughs> yeah. I could do with less. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little Shelby goes a long way, as they say. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. And we didn't get any emails being like, where are you? So maybe everyone feels the same. Yeah. I have to mm-hmm. talk about my therapist with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it, it's been a it's been a big a big couple of weeks, a, a bit of busy celebrity news, you know, some some stuff to talk about. Um I I feel like I want to talk about The Bachelor, but I also know that the finale is like tonight as we're recording, so it feels like I'll end up talking about it next week. But did you hear anything about The Bachelor or are you just completely out of that circle? No, I feel like I know nothing about I I, I couldn't even tell you. Is it The Bachelor or is it The Bachelorette? Is it a I'm guy sorry, or a girl? It's The Bachelorette. It's a girl. Okay. It's a girl. And I didn't ask that because I <laughs> thought you were wrong. I asked that because I truly did not know. No, I just, I used the wrong term. I'm such a fake fad. Um, but no, there was just this whole debacle around the final, there at the final three, like, you know, it was like meant to be hometowns and fantasy suites. One of the guys like left after this big blow up fight and the bachelor nation is split on whether he was, he was the bad guy or Katie was the bad guy. And like reading into this and it's supposed to get really salty in the finale because the two of them will be, you know, reunited for the, after the final rose special. So it, it's a lot of drama. It's on the, it's at the top of my mind because I, that's what I'm going to be watching right after we record this. So, I'll just I'll just wait. I'll see how it all turns out, and then we can revisit it next week. Okay, perfect. I feel like there was lots of, um, like, not necessarily pop culture news, but like television sort of things that were happening or whatever. Like, mm. I feel like my feed was was consumed with people talking about White Lotus and people talking, <laughs> you know, like just like all of these sort of. Well, that's because like, you were TV refreshing moments. the hashtag just over and well, over. Well, okay, just, maybe <laughs> I was. I'm obsessed with that show. Um, but no, the Olympics were also the other big thing that was on. Mm, yeah, and while yeah. I truly heard hardly anything about the Olympics and could not tell, I watched none of it, couldn't tell you anything <laughs> that really happened except for the Simone Biles situation, mm, yeah. which I feel like took over everybody's news feed because she decided that she was going to drop out in the all around and then didn't participate in a bunch of the other events or in the team all around. Then she also didn't do the individual and a bunch of the events, which she was speculated as to be the likely front runner for. And at first people thought, Oh wait, is she injured? Then it sort of came out that it was more of a mental health thing than like a actual like broken bone or something. Right. And, for whatever reason, this sparked such a <laughs> feud on the internet as to whether or not she should have like forced herself <laughs> to compete because some people were saying, well, you know, she earned like 
she got this spot. Somebody else could have taken the spot. She owes it to like gymnasts and to America and to the people <laughs> who like wanted this spot that she should compete either way. But then other people were saying, well, no, like mental health, we hold these athletes to such a high standard and they're not allowed to be people. So she should be able to do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just such a strange, I feel like, incident because it was so unlike anything we'd ever seen before in sports and people were comparing it a lot to Carrie Strug who in the 1996 (laughs) Olympics like had a busted leg and still did a vault anyways to help her team get the gold medal and so some people were saying like oh well actually we need to go back and relitigate that because was her (laughs) team just like forcing her to potentially injure herself in a really harmful way where she should have been taken out um yeah, I don't know. It was just so fascinating, the whole the whole situation. Yeah, I think it was like, I mean, twofold. It's like these, you know, white dudes being like, come on, power through it. And it's like, you know, you look at the Venn diagram of the people who are willing to do hard things. And it's like these guys don't come close to, to doing any physical activity that Simone Biles attempts every time she gets on the mat. But I think what was more interesting is that Simone herself was constantly being like, yeah, I don't. I'm don't I'm not in a right headspace to physically compete. But everyone was just like, "Oh my gosh, she's just having a bad day and she wants to quit." It's like, "No, she knew her life and her career was on the line and she made a choice for her physical body to be like, maybe this isn't worth it right now." And I think it's easy to be like, "Oh, well, if you're not, you know, you know, you have your the whole culture around like hustle and you just have to go hard and never quit, never stop. It's like, sure, that's fine when you're working your nine to five job and trying to like get something off the ground. But when you're flinging your body like through (laughs) elaborate twists and turns that could end in an easy, you know, broken bone, let alone a paralyzation or a certain death. It's like, well, maybe she does have cause to kind of understand her body more than we can on our little Twitter accounts. Well, I don't know about that, Shelby, <laughs> because I could do a somersault, I think, at some point in my life. So <laughs> I'm sure. But are you mentally ready to do that right now? Like, can you, are you in the headspace oh, to really to, perform? <laughs> uh, to do a head uh, somersault. <laughs> I think, I think I could probably get myself there within about 20 minutes if need be. Yeah. Uh, I might need some liquid courage, <laughs> but I think I could give it a go. Yeah. I mean, luckily she felt, um, I mean, and she posted more about like what that, looked like especially as a gymnast there's this thing Mm -hmm. called the twisties they get which is that she physically couldn't like perform her stunt so it's like why would she go and try and perform when her teammates could do it better than she could at that point so it's like Mm -hmm. honestly if she had shown up and and failed then she would have hurt her team's chances in a lot worse ways Mm -hmm. so I'm Team Simone which is no surprise I mean I think most people listening to our podcast are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but if you were on the fence, um, just know you're in the wrong on this. I one. mean, you never know, <laughs> Shelby. Sometimes we take left, we take swings <laughs> from strange places every now and again. You have yeah. to keep them guessing. Yeah. Well, I I was interested in your take on this because one of the news stories this week was um, Reese Witherspoon, who has um, fo- founded this uh, production company, company Hello Sunshine, and was recently profiled for it in like I don't know business today or something (laughs) it's this it's a successful company that produces women-led projects and Mm -hmm. that's been from like gone girl wild um 
the morning show, Big Little Lies, like across the gamut of well-received and respected television, movies, and whatever else. And um, obviously, it's always been with this idea of Reese Witherspoon herself was sick of the project she was being offered and felt like there were a lot of things being funded with interesting, complex, uh, uh, women-led series. And so she sort of decided to take it in her own hands and it became a great successful company. Um, you know, been doing a good job coming up with these different catalog items. Well, this week she announced quite happily that she has sold her company for $900 million, um, to a private equity firm. Um, I think Blackstone and that the, it would be handled by two straight white dudes, Mm. (laughs) which is kind of a sellout move. Obviously, um, Reese Witherspoon is still kind of, she holds a lot of equity still in the firm. So she is still like running the show. It just happens to be that there's these two new sort of higher ups than her who are funding, who are inserting a lot of cash flow into the company now. So on one hand, you like get the business perspective, whatever, but it is just weird optics for, you know, for a company that that constantly is pushing this like woman led agenda on their website and their content, like whatever else. And that Reese Witherspoon herself is like, we're so proud of like the hashtag feminism, hashtag girl bosh, hashtag her story sort of stuff to suddenly be like, oh, well, like I got a bigger check by turning to these guys. And like, hopefully it'll all like, you know, be okay. But it's still it just leaves an icky taste in my mouth. I can't I can't quite describe why it just feels like a sellout move for me. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there is a slight difference between like creative control and, you know, like business choices because yeah, like I, I, as someone who doesn't understand business, (laughs) I'm very confused by the whole like, okay, it's a, it's a public company then, or it's a private company. (laughs) It goes public. There's capitalism, (laughs) whatever, blah, 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 blah. I, that's all foggy to me. (laughs) And I didn't do enough research on this topic to know like, okay, is Reese Witherspoon like, like, is she still in control of picking projects and trying to figure that out? Obviously, if these other people are involved, they have some control, but it might be more of a monetary thing and less of like a, um, and less of a like, production uh, right element but yeah it is still strange and yeah. i feel like this happens a lot mm-hmm. where you see these companies that are or media sort of things that are headed by people who are um like minorities and then you look at the team and it's like mostly white straight yeah. guys because i know that RuPaul's Drag Race has sort of come under fire at various points for this because like obviously RuPaul is black and gay but that a lot of the the other producers and people on the team are all white people and so that sort of like you know veers the veers the show into a different direction sometimes than certain people would like to um so yeah I don't know what's going on with with Reese and the yeah it's almost more like like I don't, I don't envision them taking creative control. Like I think right. it's really just an influx of cash, and so that. You but know, they're going to make be making a bunch of money yeah. off of these women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like I don't know if you're going to be like, oh, we want to like 
you know, pull women up and build them up. It's like, well, maybe there's a way to like find women who are trying this sort of thing too. I don't know. Do I know any that are? No, but there has to be someone somewhere, but it's fine. You know, um, I think the other issue is that the private equity firm itself is, uh, gets a lot of heat because, Oh yeah. Um, it's doing a lot of damage in a lot of different communities for a lot of different things. And it's like, well, Maybe Reese could have done some research. You know, it's just like it's a frustrating situation. And you saw the same thing with John Krasinski, who did his like good news, whatever minute thing. Mm -hmm. And then because he couldn't find good news on, you know, networks or other big platforms. And suddenly he went around and he sold it to a network. And it's like, okay, well, this is why we can't have nice things, you know. Well, but even still, similar to that, I feel like the news came out this week that Rihanna was a billionaire or oh, is yeah. going to be a billionaire. And people were sort of like, well, yes, we love Rihanna and we love, you know, that she's, it's like a black female led business. But at the same time, it's like there should not be billionaires <laughs> yeah. in the world. So like, that's great that she's made all this money. But also, like, why does she still have it? Like, yeah, like. She could be giving it to her employees. She could be, you know, donating it. There's so many different ways that you can use that money to help the greater good that isn't just one person sitting on a billion dollars because it's yeah. truly an astronomical just amount of money. Unfathomable, yeah. unspendable amount. Yeah. It, yeah. I <laughs> I tiptoed around that story for quite a few days before I had enough of the hashtag her story issues and the self-made billionaire <laughs> discourse oh but bless I mean, her at, heart, you know and at least rihanna is is not like a kardashian type yeah. situation where like i think she did truly come from nothing and you know like right. launched this pop career and then has moved on so like good for her 100 but also give away your money yeah <laughs> yeah that's I mean, the takeaway yeah she's a great businesswoman and her products are are great and speak for themselves and she recognized that there was need for diversity and inclusion in in makeup and lingerie and all this stuff and i'm all for that but they when you reach a billionaire status like that that capitalism means that you're profiting off of labor and you know you're not self-made at that right. point you're depending on a lot of resources that, right. that you're profiting off of so it's like your employees could be making more money they could be ha- <laughs> yeah. they could have better benefits like i don't know what yeah. that situation is but it definitely <laughs> could be yeah the warehouse worker like everything and it's yeah. not that rihanna knows every detail of every you know uh, it's a capitalism means that people are going to be you're building off of uh, it's a whole thing it's just a, a very frustrating thing but yeah eat the rich and uh we'll eat rihanna last i guess <laughs> yes mm-hmm. um <laughs> someone maybe to eat before rihanna is to baby <laughs> have you been following this plot line i mean yes i've i've seen a lot of it but my main takeaway is that i have no idea who this is and i kind of wonder if this is giving him more like was he a popular figure it, and i'm just not in the know I mean, so he's a rapper. Right. And I feel like I only know rappers so much <laughs> as they interact with the pop music space, yes, yes, you know? Yeah. So, like, I knew him because he has a verse on Dua Lipa's song, Levitating. Oh, Do okay, I okay. know, like, his music in general? No. But I think he is a fairly successful rapper in general. Like, not my right. cup of tea, but I think okay. that... It's not like he's just some random nobody, I don't think. Okay. Now, like, are people who are reading People magazine, are they aware of him? Probably not before <laughs> this, but I do think he has a big following. 
I guess that's fair. He was headlining Lollapalooza or something, right? Yes. So this all started sort of strangely because he was doing a show at this festival called Rolling Loud Miami. And and he brought on another rapper on stage with him named Tory Lanez, who I also have never heard of before. And apparently he has some kind of feud with Megan Thee Stallion. And it's alleged that this Tory Lanez guy shot Megan Thee Stallion in the foot last year with a gun. And that there's a restraining order against him. So baby brings him on stage at this festival that Megan Thee Stallion is also performing at. So it's like in violation okay. of the of the uh, restraining order, but also just like in bad taste. So I think that is why there was attention put on this event just in general, because that was the first news story that broke was this. And then someone threw a shoe at baby at the concert because of this whole situation. <laughs> well, anyways, people are like looking at this concert with more focus and they realize that baby goes on this very strange rant in the middle of it that's like anti-HIV, like anti-people with HIV AIDS, anti-gay yeah. people. Very strange. Like, is he drunk? Unclear. It's a it's a very like weird thing to be saying at a concert. But I but you know how like uh performers like do banter with the audience and i guess he was saying like you know put a lighter up if you like want a drink or what you know like put your lighter up blah 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 blah. and then he said like um and then he said something uh um he said, if you didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, or any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that'll make you die in two to three weeks, then put your cell phone lighter up. And then he said, fellas, if you ain't sucking dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone lighter up. So it's like, okay, this is like dicey and not a great look. Well, this video then gets sent around the internet and... People are criticizing it. Well, he is most famous for guest starring on this song that Dua Lipa has. Obviously, Dua Lipa's audience base includes a lot of gay people. So very quickly, she released a statement that was like, Mm. "Uh, this is not the person who I knew that I was working with. Like, I don't want to be associated with this. No, thank you. Um, And then I feel like it just sort of kept rolling from there where more people were criticizing him. Elton John released a statement. Madonna releases a statement. All of these people who have had experience with um you know who like live through the hiv aids crisis who know people who have hiv aids are releasing these like very heartfelt statements where the baby is just you know like making a joke sort of about it mm. so then the baby gets dropped from Lollapalooza, which he's supposed to be headlining and then a bunch of other concerts also drop him then he posts sort of like a half-ass apology on instagram mm-hmm. but at least as of most recently he then went back and deleted the apology <laughs> so it's confusing as to what's going on but i feel like the baby is not having a good moment yeah. right now that's um, rough yeah you know, rightfully so. Uh, yes. Now is the time to sit back and educate yourself, right? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the that's the apology that's going to be forthcoming. But um, yeah, i I couldn't find I couldn't will myself to care about this because it's just like, how could he say such dumb stuff in twenty twenty one? I just like, you know, I've reached like a limit. I was like, ugh, it's just idiocy at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah. There's like, there's just some things that you feel like, okay, you have to know now are like inappropriate. You know, like, like if you're like walking to the office and you're like, Hey, nice boobs. It's like, okay, we all, it feels like should know that we're not supposed to say that to other people. And yet, you never know where these dumb people are going to crawl out of a, from under <laughs> a rock. Think, do you think Matt Damon sent him a note? He's <laughs> like, hey. Yes. <laughs> Just so you know, don't use the F slur either. <laughs> well, yeah, because we didn't talk about that on the podcast either. But Matt Damon in an interview for Stillwater, I think trying to look good was like, yeah, like I like I learned from my daughter a couple months ago that you're not supposed to use the F slur for gay people. And everyone was like, what like a couple of months ago like this has been yeah like universally declared as a terrible <laughs> thing to say for years now like this is not a recent addition to the vocabulary they are not supposed to say yeah no it's white people remain embarrassing it's just like wild i mean even this week there was just this bonkers trend among white celebrities to announce that they don't like bathing it's like it started with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, who were on the Armchair Expert podcast, and said that they don't really bother bathing their kids unless they look dirty. And then Ashton Kutcher was like, "Yeah, I don't really take, I don't really like clean myself. I'll just do like a, you know, like a what's known as a horse bath every now and then, where you like wipe your private areas and your armpits and call it good." <laughs> and everyone was like, "What?" And so then Kristen Bell was like, "Hey." Don't judge them. Like, honestly, I, I'm a big fan of waiting for the stink, she said. Like, once you catch a whiff, that's biology's way of letting you know you need to clean up. And then she pretended to be a biology expert where she's like, honestly, that's like when the bacteria comes and that's when you need a bath. It's like, <laughs> okay. But my absolute favorite was um, Jake Gyllenhaal. He just popped mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And he announced to the universe that um, that he thinks... He says, more and more, I find bathing to be less necessary. <laughs> he says, I don't, I know bad breath gets you nowhere, so I do that. But I think there's a whole world of not bathing that is really helpful for skin maintenance as we naturally clean ourselves. And he did this as he was, um, you know, selling a cologne. So maybe there's some strategy there. Where he's like, hey, if you want to smell like me, don't bother bathing. Just buy my $90 bottle of cologne. (laughs) But my favorite theory about his stumbling into this truly weird discourse is that it happened on the same day Taylor Swift announced her re-recording of Red. And that there would be a 10-minute version of All Too Well, which as... As most people know at this point is about her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal and the scarf that she kept in a drawer. It's like there's a whole mythology around it. Define most people. (laughs) I mean, it was trendy. It's a thing. Like when when Maggie Gyllenhaal's on interviews, like on Watch What Happens Live, people ask her about it. Like it's it's a it's an iteration that you might not have been dialed into, but it's like out there. And so Mm -hmm. the rumor is that he really just didn't want any headlines to be about Taylor Swift all too well, Jake Gyllenhaal. And so he just decided (laughs) he would fall on his sword in any other way and just trend for a much worse reason, which is that he has no um, interest in, in cleansing himself. So, (laughs) Oh, I have a hot take on this situation. Oh no. (laughs) No, no, I mean, I am a full believer in bathing. Like, has there been a day that I haven't showered recently? Like, no. Like, even in the height of the pandemic, I was showering. But I feel like actors, 
we think of them as like busy people, but yeah. I think that a lot of times they aren't. Like they are they are so like plucked and preened and washed and whatever <laughs> on these days that they either have that they're on a movie oh, set okay. or they have a they have um uh, like a press be- press day because if you think like you see those videos of people on movie sets where they're in makeup chairs for like hours. And then you also have to assume that if they're doing press or going to red carpet, like that's mm-hmm. taking a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder if like when they're off at their bungalow, like in between things where they have a week where they don't have to do anything. If they're like, yeah, I'm not showering at all. <laughs> and truly like that doesn't impact anything. I'm not seeing anybody really except for my family. Like I'm so sick of having to wash myself <laughs> and like get ready that I'm just like not going to do it. That's my take. Just a it's negative like, association with cleanliness. Right. Yeah. Well, and also like, I feel like in the early pandemic, you know, you had all of these people being like, oh, I haven't showered in a week. Oh, like I don't have to put on <laughs> yeah. pants, whatever. Like that's my mentality of what these celebrities are doing. I'm not, I don't think they're saying like, oh, I never, never like wash myself because the, they clearly do if they're going to these events. Like, like their handlers aren't going to let them show up like looking dirty and disgruntled if they have a dinner. <laughs> But I think that when they're off, you know, doing their own thing and when they probably have like a pool and they're going to the <laughs> beach and the whatever that they're just like, eh, don't care. Like whatever. Yeah. I mean, it could also be that they're surrounded by yes men who are like, oh, yeah, sure. Don't bathe. You know, like, what are you going to say that Jake Gyllenhaal smells suddenly? Like, I yeah. bet they have a longer I mean- lasting um aura that protects them from any judgment also yes that's true yeah if they show up to something and they smell no one is saying yeah. like oh jake you gotta watch out <laughs> when was the last time you took a bath maybe now they will but um <laughs> we'll have to see i guess how the discourse continues uh, mm-hmm. but anyway okay well should we get on to love it or hate it Yes. Um, I've been binging a show on HBO Max called F-Boy Island. <laughs> oh, is, I saw ads for this, but I haven't watched it. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. It's a reality show, a reality dating show. Um, it's on HBO. They release three episodes every week. So it's pretty easy to binge, easy to catch up. There's only nine episodes. So there's the last three are coming out this week sometime. Um the premise is basically <laughs> three girls go to an island. They want to find love. And so 24 suitors are coming to woo them. But the, the catch is that 12 are self-proclaimed nice guys who are there for the right reasons. And 12 are safe proclaimed, self-proclaimed F boys who are there to win the money that's at the end of the show. Um, and so the women don't know who's who it's a guessing game. And, and every week there's eliminations, blah, 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 blah. Um, what's interesting about the setup, I mean, short answer, is it good? It's very watchable. I don't know if it's good, but there's something different and fresh about it, Um, especially as someone who's come from a lot of these dating shows. Um, You know, most recently, obviously, have The Bachelor, Bachelorette, um, Love is Blind, um, Married at First Sight, 90 Day Fiance. Like a lot of these shows revolve around the concept that these people are putting on their best face forward, that they are good people, that they're there to wed or get married or fall in love or whatever it is. Like whether or not that always ends up true, that's sort of the, the idea is these people never have to question like why someone's there necessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this one, it's just like, it's basically like being stuck in your own anxiety for an hour. You're like, wow, uh, can I read these signs? Am I good at telling like people's true motives? Like 
am I a good judge of character? Like, how can I figure this out this quickly? And these women will like send people home for the dumbest reasons, keep people for the dumbest reasons, but you never are quite sure if they're doing like a good job of sussing it oh, out. Oh, because you don't know if who's who? Yeah, we don't know who's who until they're eliminated and then they have to announce like, oh, I was an F-boy. Oh, I was a nice guy. <laughs> and so they have to live with the regret of well, but, being poor cho- choosers. <laughs> but then also like that's based on what these men are exactly. saying. Exactly, yeah. So like, it's like yeah. there could be guys who <laughs> suck who think that they're nice guys. And <laughs> yeah. as we've talked about before, like sometimes the people who think that they're nice yes. guys are actually the worst guys. Yeah, that's sort of like, you know, there's some holes in this premise. And the other thing is that these girls are truly kind of stupid and vapid in their own way. So it's like, are you guys there for the right reasons? Like, no, right. no one's here to like get married and find their forever spouse with children and a future at a white picket fence. But but it's like a fun enough show. And there, it's really like kind of zany, disorganized, and it feels kind of like you never know what's going to happen. So I think that helps to kind of differentiate itself too. There's not like a strict structure. Like, yes, there's an elimination round, but every week it's almost like they're like, oh, you think this is how it's going to go? It's not. And they'll like announce some twist where everyone goes home or everyone stays or everyone like it's all over the place. <laughs> um, it was filmed in quarantine. So I think there's some limitations with that. So it'll be interesting to see if this show can survive, like if it'll continue to be a show. But it's like a, it's a fun, diverting um, waste of a few hours. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, it's definitely like there's a lot of characters on it, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Lots to discuss if you're watching it with people. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend it if you're bored and looking for something easy to stream. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> I might watch it. The um, if you're this is not easy to watch uh, <laughs> and and does sort of tie into the bathing plot line. Um, oh. I watched The Green Knight. Oh, yesterday, yes. which involves very little bathing and uh, <laughs> a lot of rolling around in the dirt, you know, and trains and whatnot. Um, but yes, this is the new Dev Patel movie that is released in theaters by A24. It's sort of a retelling of the old, uh, like, ancient British story, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. But there's a lot of changes made to it. It's very vibey. Um, was it good? <laughs> I oh no. I would say yes. It was it was beautiful, but it was kind of confusing. Mm. I watched it with a friend who thought it, who hadn't read the book and thought it was even more confusing. But mm. it doesn't really align with the book in a lot of ways. So I think if you read it, it wouldn't necessarily help you. Right. And there just seems to be a lot of kind of like weird, random, ethereal stuff in there that doesn't necessarily need to be. I think they could have trimmed it by like 20 minutes and it would have been fine. So like, but on the other hand, it is very beautiful and like a compelling movie to watch in a lot of ways. (laughs) And Dev Patel is great in it. And Alicia Vikander is also in it, which I didn't even realize until I got there. And she's really good. So I don't know if you're into sort of like a 24, uh, like weird stuff sort of in the vein of maybe like the witch or something. Mm. Um, you might enjoy it. It's definitely (laughs) not for everybody though. Okay. Yeah. Did you see it? No. I mean, I saw a trailer and I was like, wow, that's weird, but he's, he's a beautiful specimen and I I really enjoy what he's done. And there are some weird sex things in there with him. (laughs) So if you're looking for that, 
I I was happy to see him get some roles because he was also in that like David Copperfield film. But it all happened during the pandemic, so it was sad to see the year of Dave Patel kind of fizzle. Um, yes. So I was hoping it would be a better movie than it sounds like it might be. Um, so yeah, I mean, hearing you talk about it, it makes me less likely to watch it, but <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Have you? Did you read the book in school at all at some point? I'm I I feel like maybe, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I mean, it's like the guy who gets his head cut off, and then it's like a challenge where this knight comes to the knights of the round table and says like, okay, you get to like strike a blow against me. And then a year from now I get to strike the same blow against you. So they're like, Oh, well obviously like we're just going to kill the guy. And then like he doesn't, then he doesn't get to strike back. So Sir Gowan cuts off the guy's head, but turns out he's magic. So he's like, surprise, and puts his head back on. And then it's all about whether Sir Gowan will go and get his own head cut off or whether he'll check him out. And so he goes like sort of on a journey and it's lots of magical things. Yeah, there's a fox in the movie. There's not a fox in the book that I'm aware of. It's a very cute fox. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, that's interesting. I'll have to get the spoiler from you to see if he survives the end. But... um, We'll sign off before that, and uh, we'll be back this week with um, the Suicide Squad. The Emphasis sui- on the. The, so. the <laughs> Suicide Squad, not just regular Suicide Squad, the yeah. Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on social media. You can leave us your review. You can um, subscribe to our Patreon. You can buy our merch. There's so many different ways you can connect with us, and we'll be back on Thursday. Bye, everybody. <laughs>